this is Brunch with the Hollowells, and here's a quote from Rob. How dare you raise your hand to your mother? I gave you birth, I gave up my life, so you could drag that worthless carcass around and call it living. Crap, I know this. Okay, tell me. It is uh, Catherine Madison who says it. What's that from? Buffy. This is the mom who says it to Amy. I should have known. (laughs) I brought up the witch from uh, Buffy because uh, witches are meant to be evil. And I can't see anyone who is as selfish and evil as a mom who is willing to switch bodies with her own daughter just to relive her youth. Mm -hmm. And not only that, like literally trap her as a prisoner in her own home. That was epic. And then did you see what happens to Amy later? Yeah. 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 She just, well, not from comics, but I mean, I know what happened to her kind of in In the the series. Comics. She teams up with Warren. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, but I just thought she was a badass witch. And she didn't care about hurting kids. (laughs) Right. She took them out if they needed to go. I mean, just set one on fire. That was a good episode. That was a good twist. The third episode, I mean. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they didn't waste any time. And what a fucked up ending. Right. Yeah. Really good. (laughs) Well, maybe next time I'll do another Buffy Witch and you'll get it this time. Some fan you are. Go hug a hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Charmies, this is uh, episode eight of season two. Welcome back to Brunch with the Hollowells. I am Rob, the Charm Fanatic, and I'm with Sean, who is new to the show and is watching every single episode for the very first time and for your listening pleasure. Sean, how are you today? I'm good, Rob. I'm here with you. Yay. Yay. Thank you for helping me out with this episode. We hit 3,000 plays. Wow. This week. This includes downloads, um, streaming, and and just hitting that play button. On all of our episodes, we we crossed that milestone of 3,000. You know, I was at my favorite store, Aldi, that I just found. And I was trying to buy something, and so he's like, I know that voice. And <laughs> they tried to get me to sign their boob, and I was like, I'm not into girls. And I just want to shop. <laughs> uh, no, I thank you, everyone who has checked out our show, told their friends, uh, stayed with us throughout uh, our duration so far. We really appreciate your support. And we're really happy that you enjoy the show. I know that there are other Charm podcasts out there, but if you've chosen uh, this one as your go-to, we are very humbled by it. Thank you so much for that, and we can't wait to hit another milestone. Yeah, let's bring that number up. Tell all your friends, rate and review us on iTunes. We're under Brunch with the Hollowells. Uh, Yeah, Sean, thank the people. Thank you, the people. For listening and believing in these two beautiful people. (laughs) We also have decided we're going to try and dig into the merch category. Start sending out our logo and our um, badge of charmed honor out into the world. So if you guys are a part of Twitter, on our Twitter page, which can be found at BWTH Podcast. On our Twitter page, we have a poll up right now. We want to get your opinion about what type of merch you guys think you may want to uh, buy and wear or, or, or have in your home. So on the poll, we've put up some options of stickers or magnets or cups or mugs or even t-shirts and hoodies. What would you like to see us, um, create some swag uh, yeah, go on our Twitter, vote for the type of swag that you guys may want, and hopefully very new in the future, we'll have some samples out, um, we'll try and think of ways to do giveaways, but also uh, ways to kind of help support the show as well by buying our, our merchandise, but yeah, I'm really excited to be sort of venturing into that world, and everyone thank Sean for creating such an 
awesome logo for our show. That was completely all him. So, yeah, thank him for that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what comes up in the future. But, yeah, send us your uh, opinions on what kind of stuff you'd like to have. Before we get to our episode today, Sean, I want to bring up some witchy news to you. Uh, It seems that the new reboot Charmed uh, series is changing showrunners. Wow. So creative direction for season two. So uh, apparently this show called Faking It, um, grad Carter Covington has departed the CW drama, which will lean harder into a genre focus for its previously announced sophomore run under new showrunners Liz Kruger and Craig Shapiro. Showrunner Carter Cummington has exited the Latino-themed reboot of the original series from Jane the Virgin duo Jessica O'Toole and Amy Rodden. Uh, Instead, uh, married duo Liz Kruger and Craig Shapiro, who is responsible for Necessary Roughness, I believe that's a series on USA, and this series called Salvation, have boarded the drama and will take over as showrunners for season two as the CBS TV studios produced series uh, changes its creative direction. Uh, This was brought to you by the Hollywood Reporter online. Uh, It seems that the changes comes as Charmed is expected to lean harder toward into its supernatural storylines and less into the family dynamic that made Covington a fit. The split sources say was Acomable and Covington who um, did Heart of Dixie and Greek, I love Greek will now focus on his development. So less family, more supernatural. I I think they've done a lot on the supernatural side already so this family dynamic which I think separates Charmed from any other well supernatural is you know a brotherhood so that is family dynamic too but what do you think about this? Yeah, I agree. There's been a lot of supernatural. I think this is a nice way to say, like, we are not happy with the show's ratings, mm-hmm. so we're going to make an excuse to trade up the showrunner so we can try to get better ratings. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little torn because a big part of why we even do this show on the podcast is because of the family dynamic and how it ties into the powers that they do have. So I'm not sure what they mean by less family drama. Like, are they just going to have less conversations with each other? Are they not going to worry about their personal lives and just concentrate on defeating demons all day? Um, Or maybe it's just a seasonal thing. Uh, You know, do we remember Buffy being less family dynamic? We didn't really talk with Joyce a lot and it was all about her friendship with willow and xander uh there was character development but maybe they won't dive into the family history as much i don't know yeah so maybe they're going to get away from the mystery of the family i when the first show came out it was new and different because like you said it focused more on their dynamic but now a lot of other shows have done that so yeah maybe it's going to be more about just them solving mysteries do you think this is a positive do you see uh, a chance for a better series are you hopeful of this maybe they'll think more on what they reveal and when they reveal it because one of the things we talked about is on the new show they uncover things like can i say a spoiler yeah go ahead like they're not all they don't all have the same dad and it was kind of like that's cool. And yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like who cares? Yeah, no, I get it. So yeah, some of those reveals weren't that big. Okay. All right. No, I, I, I am hopeful. What, what I'm happy about is that they're aware Yeah. of what's going on. You know, we can't really predict the future and know that this is for the better, but at least they know that they have something to fix. The show's not good. And um, it did get renewed, even though it is one of the lowest ranked shows on broadcast right now, as far as the CW. But it earned a renewal as the reboot has a strong international sales, thanks largely to its built-in awareness, sort of like Dynasty. It's sort of the same thing. They're based on old series that are very beloved, and there are still people out there that want to see this type of stuff just on tv but it's not doing so well with ratings so 
They're trying to give it another chance. I think this is a lesson to you. You can't just slap the name of an old show onto a new show and expect it to do well. Preach, preach, <laughs> preach. No, I completely agree. This would have been fine as just a new witch show. Uh, did you watch Secret Circle? No. Okay, well, they decided to try a, a new witch show. It had Brian from um, Queer as Folk on there. Mm -hmm. He played one of the dads of the six kids who were destined to be a coven together and be all-powerful, and... I thought it was a nice way to bring in witches, but still not go back in time and dig up charm. You know, you can do it. Yes, the show failed, but it's not because it wasn't attached to some old school show. It's because the show just wasn't good. Mm -hmm. And Charm didn't need to have the name put on there. Just create another show. But hopefully they're heading towards the right direction. Yeah. All right. So Charm, Season 2, Episode 8, P3H2O. Originally aired December 9th, 1999. Written by Chris Levinson and Zach Estrin. Directed by John Baring. These are some familiar names. Uh, guest stars include Miss Patty, back again, Fiona Hughes, as well as Leo Brian Krause and uh, Scott Jake as Sam Wilder. It starts off with Prue sitting forlornly by a dock extending to a lake at a summer camp named Crystal Lake. Oh, I mean Camp Skylark. <laughs> <laughs> this was so Crystal Lake. It totally looked like Crystal Lake. <laughs> a black and white flashback shows her mother being zipped into a body bag as young Prue calls for her. In the present, Piper calls and Prue says she is stuck in traffic. Lying bitch. <laughs> Out on the lake, a park ranger sits in a boat as the water churns near him. You know what this totally reminded me of? You've been on the tram at Universal Studios. Mm -hmm. You know oh, how you go yeah. through the Jaws Lake? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks just like that to me. Yeah, no, it did. Suddenly, something pulls a man into the water. Prue runs toward him, but a strange old man stops her. So, why was the ranger in a boat? Just yeah, chilling? I I he wasn't fishing. He, I, I don't know if he was patrolling. I don't know what he was doing. What was he doing out there? Sitting in a boat? I don't, yeah. He was listening to... Uh, the Lonely Island. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. I never, like, I tried to look out for it. I was like, I didn't see a reason for him to be even out there, but I get it. They need a victim, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. um, can you imagine watching your mother at that age getting zipped up in a body bag? That'd be terrible. And she was the only one to see it. I don't know where Piper was, but them two never kick it together when they were younger, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Prue was just always on her own. But she saw her... Like, I can't even imagine. Wasn't Piper really young, though? She was. And I, I have that in my notes at the end of the episode. Okay. I'll tell you their ages when um, we get to the end. But I do love the fact that they did bring back um, the same little girl uh, to play young Prue as they did in the other 70s episode. So that actress is Emily Thompson. Okay, so we got a little bit of a preview as to what this episode could be about. What did you think about the title P3H2O? Did you have any idea of what this episode could be about? or? Yeah, I kept making jokes because it reminded me of Halloween 20 years later. Mm -hmm. So a killer coming back 20 years later, which it kind of was. <laughs> and I liked that it was also about the lake, though, so that was a cute title for it. Okay, okay. But the P3 made me think of the club, which was confusing. But yeah. But it was nothing about the club. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I think it was because it all sounds like elements, you know, like H2O yeah. is an element, so P3, H2O. Yeah. I, I'm thinking that's what their logic was, but it can be confusing. Well, yeah, powers of three. Yeah. Yeah, it Yeah, sense, three to third power, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, back at the manor, Piper is planning to have breakfast tomorrow with Dan. Uh, Prue comes home and says she saw someone drown at the lake. Uh, Piper and, and Phoebe are upset at the lie, but Prue convinces them to come to the lake with them for uh, the camp is to be reopened since the mother's passing. They will look for the strange man and Mrs. Johnson, who ran the camp, is still um, alive and in the same cabin. So uh, Prue then goes to the office and finds Jack sitting in her chair in a button-down shirt, tie, jacket, but in shorts and ugly sandals. <laughs> uh, he is uh, his usual carefree self, especially since he has 
finally decided to accept a job at Buckland's. So the word finally, as if they were trying to get him to work there for a long time, and he finally agreed. That wasn't really established on the show. But what does this tell you? Oh, you won't date me or work with me at the same time, so I might as well get one out of the two. He's showing interest, but what do you think of him just like, yeah, I work with you now? Yeah, that was a little stalkerish. Okay. He just he's like that guy that won't give up. I think I think I'd be like Prue where like I kinda love him but I kinda hate him for that very reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and basically she makes fun of what he's wearing and then she he turns around, Well, if you can wear that, then I can wear this and sort of cat calls her five minutes on the job and already sexually harassing her. Right, but like, yeah, she wears midriffs to work. What the hell? Like, this whole episode, they're all just wearing midriffs. Well, she's not. I, I think she's in the office, but not on the clock. I don't know. Some about her new position, or even if she has a new position, she can just come and go as she pleases okay, now. Okay, but what about later on in the episode, jumping ahead just a little bit, she wears that one where her bra is showing, oh my and God. it's a midriff. That was a little different than what she's used to wearing. She's gotten more sexier with her attire, yeah. for sure. Uh, so... While Piper was on the phone with Dan planning breakfast, um, Dan does mention that Jenny is at school, and <laughs> so she's still around, but never to be found again. Right. They finally found the best use for her. <laughs> <laughs> Piper and Phoebe meet with Mrs. Johnson. She had planned to reopen the camp until that day's drowning. The sisters inquire about the strange man, and they leave her cabin and meet with Prue by the lake. His name turns out to be Sam. Jack calls Prue and announces that he is taking over her lunch with the client, Mr. Fujimoto. As the sisters look for Sam, Mrs. Johnson tears down the welcome camper sign. She sees the water churning by the dock and goes to investigate. Suddenly, the ranger leaps out of the water and pulls her in. Very much like Friday the 13th Part 7. Yeah, that was actually a very creepy moment. I don't know why she's investigating these bubbles in the water, given what she knows about the lake. I'm not a trying to approach anything. That was kind of sick. That was my question, too. Like, she's lived at this camp for how long? She knows what's going on, and she's like, oh, bubbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Sam is uh, seen lurking in the bushes, watching the sisters as they go to look for him. It just gave me so many Jason vibes at this point with her being attacked and the camper sign just all on the water. I mean, it was very, it was even edited like, like a straight up victim in a horror movie. It yeah. Was, yeah. It was, it was kind of very homage. So what do you think about Sam at this point? If you can remember, do you have any thoughts about him? They never once fooled me. I was like, Sam's good. Like, they're just trying so hard to make him be, like, the creeper. But nah, they didn't get me. <laughs> okay. The sisters find the shed where Sam lives, and Prue finds a picture of their mother. What do you think about this now? That he's tied to the mother? Well, just the fact that he, you know, there's a picture found in his presence, you know, in his items, his belongings. Like, does that trigger anything? Or you were just like, okay, there's a picture there? Yeah, I still figured they were trying to get me to think, like, he killed her or something. Okay. But I still was like, nah. Okay. So Piper finds a certificate naming Sam Wilder as Teacher of the Year in 1872. I don't know if you caught the year, yeah. but that obviously makes him dead. Yep. So Leo is sort of in the same boat as this, and then suddenly he orbs in and urges the sisters to leave, foreshadow much, uh, before Sam returns. So he says that Sam was their mother's white lighter. What do you think about this revelation? I thought it was exciting. Um, I didn't really understand why Leo was so concerned for them to leave before Sam got back. Mm -hmm. But um, finding out that he's the white lighter, I kind of figured that I didn't figure there was a relationship or anything, mm -hmm. but that he was trying to avenge her death. Gotcha. So Sam apparently clipped his wings after their mother died. So he is human on earth, no powers and, just chooses to live at that camp for that long. 
Um, apparently he is still aging. <laughs> so when you turn back to human, you go back to aging. I guess that's a, a rule that we should remember. Uh, I think it's your turn. After Leo orbs away, the sisters see Mrs. Johnson, or so it appears, thrashing about in the water. The sisters run to her, but Sam urges them to get off the dock. He tells them that a water demon lives in the lake, and one of the ways it kills is by possessing its dead victims' corpses and making other people think they're drowning. He doesn't think the sisters are strong enough to fight the demon because their mother couldn't fight it either. They insist, and finally Sam blows some dust in their faces and sends them home to sleep. At this point, Rob, I was a little bit upset with you because you didn't even give me a hint that there's this huge backstory here. There's this, you know, cinematic connection. This is an origin story. I can't believe it follows comes from Charmed. (laughs) How does it follows come from Charmed? Because in it follows, he takes on a or it takes on a persona of someone and stalks. Like this was it follows. It's at a camp. Obviously, it's having sex with people, <laughs> or people are having sex and it's killing. You are hilarious. No, this has nothing to do with it follows. This blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you should recognize the dust that he uses. It's the same dust that Leo used on the band manager of Dishwalla. <laughs> to make him forget everything at okay. the end of his episode. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm sorry. He u- didn't he use yeah, I think he used it on him to like yeah. He made he made the um manager go to Piper and say, "Ooh, I want to use your club." That's what the dust was used for. But uh yeah, it was the same dust that he had. Oh, you know what? One thing overall up to this point I was disappointed in this episode. Yeah. Prue is not on it in this episode. What do you mean not on it? Like her comebacks. <laughs> You've been paying attention to her comebacks. Yeah, what like she? Lachlan at one point calls her and says, hey, auctionette. And she says, hey, auction ass. I'm like, <laughs> oh my All God. right, 12-year-old That Prue. was so corny. So corny. Yes, you are totally right about that. I totally forgot. Yeah, like none of her comebacks in this were funny or smart. <laughs> that just goes to show you that she is really into Jack. She's just nervous and doesn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I kind of got that. I also got like she's busy this whole episode trying to handle shit, so she's yeah. just not paying attention. Yeah, she can't be too quick. That's why she kept hanging up on him. Like every time, just click. <laughs> nah, that shit pisses me off, by the way. I hate when people hang up. Like even if you're pissed, just be like fuck you and hang up. As long as I get a goodbye. I need some kind of ending sentence. If I just get an abrupt hang up, I get so irritated. I can't figure out why that irritates me so much, but it's annoying. (laughs) Auction ass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Piper makes a snap at Leo for trying to sort of get them to do A, B, and C, and why didn't you tell us about Sam? And she goes, oh, he's just doing his job just like he always does. Mm -hmm. Burn. 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 (laughs) That was so good. What do you think about that, though? Leo does have a job. That's his main thing, is to make sure these girls are safe. You know what? Typical woman, the man gets the job, brings the bread home, and she gets... You need to... (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You need to stop. (laughs) No, but yeah, I mean, I, I get why she's mad, but at the same point, like, he's got a very important job to help keep people alive and save people, and I don't know that there's a good answer for either of them at this point. Do you believe that they would actually be that distracted if they knew about Sam? What do you mean? So he said he didn't want them to be distracted and have to worry about Sam being here if you knew about him, and also the whole thing about their mom and all this stuff just all on their heads. And on their minds, thinking that this guy used to be with her, so he kept it a secret to keep them focused. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I don't think it would have been distracting. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if it's just not trusting the sisters, or maybe he just had other orders that he couldn't tell, but... Yeah, he he doesn't really have too much faith into these girls. No. <laughs> um, was Sam right in using the memory dust on the sisters and sending them home? They are there to protect those kids. He, I think, is doing it for a very selfish reasons not to repeat the past and have these girls die on his watch. But he's not going to do anything about this demon when the kids arrive. So do you think he was right on sending them away? 
No, I don't think so. Because obviously he couldn't handle it by himself with their mom. So getting rid of them in this case again, you know, of course they're going to remember eventually and mm-hmm. go back and help. It just d- delayed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next morning, the sisters don't feel so well, and Piper's arms and legs are covered with poison ivy. Uh, Dan appears with breakfast. So cute. Very nice gesture. I actually like this. I actually, I think it's really cute. And the fact that they live next door to each other, I just think it's awesome. But um, the two were due to have a date that morning. However, Piper can't remember because of the dust. Um, and Dan sees her rashes and backs off. He's like, ooh, you're contagious. And then Leo orbs in right behind the door. Piper does <laughs> see him, and uh, Piper freezes Dan so he can so she can talk to him. That was funny. Yeah, no, I thought that was a nice scene. So Leo is a bit annoyed, of course. He's hearing him being all sweet to her, and he's, like, rolling his eyes and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's clear that Leo still, you know, loves Piper, but, you know... like move on yeah yeah go somewhere else (laughs) uh the sisters can't remember much of anything about the past day but leo tells them again about the lake and the demon and sam the powder wears off allowing the sisters to jog their memory uh piper unfreezes dan and tells him that she's unwell and doesn't feel up to a date at this moment and that she has a family issue so dan understands and leaves very sweetly but I'd be annoyed. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, how long would you put up with something like that? I'd be annoyed. I'd be annoyed. Like, I get that you're sick, and, yeah, I'd I'd just be annoyed. Yeah, like, every episode for the past three or four episodes, she's canceled, she's delayed. Like, at a certain point, it'd be like, am I important to you? (laughs) Well, I just wouldn't have brought up, oh, I have a family thing, because he was willing to take care of her. He was like, I'll keep my distance, and it it was a very sweet gesture. It just, I'd be annoyed at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Phoebe and Prue head to the lake and send Piper to bed. I love this. They just don't want to touch her, and they're like swapping her away upstairs, and Prue's got a hold of her hair, won't touch her, and just drags her all the way upstairs. That's actually really dangerous to go there without the freezing power, but hey, sometimes you gotta yeah. just go without the power of three. Prue and Phoebe arrive at the camp and find it full of children. Prue confronts Sam about using the dust as well as for not protecting her mother. Sam says he clipped his wings because he felt like he couldn't do any more good but Prue convinces him to help them vanquish the water demon. She asks for some of the powder and gives, and he gives her a packet. Yeah, um, learning that revelation about, you know, Sam and, and all that, um, that was really nice for them to have that conversation. And I do feel for Sam. Again, I wouldn't have sent the sisters away, especially without any memory, but I get that he feels super helpless and really just doesn't want anybody to die but at the end of the day like these kids are coming like you can't yeah you can't just think about what is how it's gonna like affect you versus like what could happen you know with all these kids around right piper wonders why leo can't heal her now i call a little bit of shenanigans on leo's powers right now um and this is only because i know the rest of the series so i'll just say that charmies i don't know if you agree with how this power thing played out in this episode, but I had a really big problem with it. He should have been able to heal her. That's Um, true. But there is one thing that I do agree with that they've done on this show is that Leo basically can help these sisters almost cheat death, to be honest. And I think that Leo is definitely allowed to use his powers to heal if any damage or harm was inflicted onto the sisters by supernatural means. So if they get a paper cut, you can't heal that. That's how I would see it. But they've done that before. Mm-hmm. They've, they've done that. And so it, it could go either way. I, I found that weird. But they tried to kind of foreshadow a whole bunch of stuff. And it's like, maybe I'm not meant to heal you. Maybe you're meant to stay here and not go to the lake. And it was for the purpose of finding the love letters. So, um... Leo tells her that he can only use that power when he's meant to. The powers that be may have control over Leo's powers, but he doesn't, like, go up there and be like, can I use them to heal now? Like, 
no, it's weird. But they didn't work, and so Piper then finds the sack of love letters in the laundry basket written by her mother to Sam. So what was your reaction? I can't remember what you said. <laughs> oh, about them being together? Yeah. I was like, paternity test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it, we we discover that Sam and, and um, Patty were a thing just like Leo and Piper. So uh, do you agree? Well, I shouldn't say agree, but what do you think about like them two being together, like in love that way? Um. Well, I think Patty's very beautiful and she could do better than him. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, I think it's a good move for the story in the show because we get to see... Um, a cautionary tale for Leo and Piper. Um, it's not easy being together. If one of you dies, then, you know, Leo could become Sam mm -hmm. where he doesn't have his wings and he's just living out this life. Yeah. Yeah. But also, um, it's also a cautionary tale that they could lose each other anytime and not get to have been together. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really going to push that storyline forward, which I'm happy to see. Okay. Uh, Phoebe stalls the children who insist on going swimming. Uh, you now have to tell me twice. Oh, I don't have to get in that water. Bang. Right. I'm out. Done. I'll go play somewhere else. But all those kids want to get in. Uh, Prue arrives. And in that moment, Jack calls again. He conferences with Mr. Fujimoto, who asks Prue about a carousel horse. She wings it, but Jack cuts in speaking a bit of Japanese. And closes the sale. When the call ends, Phoebe bl blows the dust on the children and sends them to bed with water bad, land good. I would not be able to decipher that and still get in the water. Or do they not take showers now? I, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to happen, but all she said was water bad, land good. <laughs> mm. um, Maybe the expanded universe is even bigger one of those children was jason Voorhees. that's <laughs> possibly, why he fears water possibly <laughs> possibly that could work um how do you find men who can speak different languages is that a turn on or just an awesome skill to have um i wouldn't say it's a turn on but well actually it would british <laughs> yeah but yeah it always makes me um respect them more because it's not easy learning another language I've yeah tried. <laughs> oh yeah no total respect and it's something out of character you would think from jack sheridan to know a different language right yeah, yeah he's definitely got some depth and i like the way they're developing his character because mm -hmm. he does come off as kind of a persistent asshole but then he surprises you yeah exactly Piper and Leo read some of the love letters which tell of how hard it is for a witch to love a white lighter Piper and Leo can relate. At last, they decide to join the others at the lake, and Leo orbs with Piper. That was funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Leo says that Sam was in love with Patty. Sam blames himself for her death. Phoebe takes Sam's hands to find out how her mother died. In a black and white flashback, because again, all of her flashbacks are black and white, mm -hmm. <laughs> Patty takes a pair of jumper cables as the demon rises up behind her. Sam yells, look out. Patty turns and drops the cables to freeze him. The demon is immune to Patty's freezing power and drowns her from the inside. Oh, you're done. Sorry. Oh, my God. I kind of blanked. I was actually thinking of the flashback as you were reading it. I I was trying to, like, play it out and just be like, could they have avoided any of that? Like, I don't know what Patty was looking out for. She was looking directly at the demon when Sam comes over and says, look out. Like, bitch, duh. Like, she's waiting for the demon to come out so she can electrocute it. I uh, I just think it could be played out. And I don't know if Patty was, like, a badass witch back in the day. Granted, she only had the power to freeze. Um, out of all the witches that are out there, too, like, yeah, she may be the mother of the charm ones, but she didn't know that. So it's like, did somebody put the responsibility on her to defeat demons before the charm ones? Mm -hmm. And because of that, I don't know, her death just seems so anticlimactic. Like, who knows how many demons she's faced in her time and to be defeated by a, a what? I don't know. I just, something about her death is just kind of like, eh. 
Yeah, I agree. And especially for it to be because the man she loved got worried about her and, like, try mm-hmm. to warn her, like you said, knowing that that's what she does. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it seems that Prue is not the only one who believes that uh, she they're repeating history. Prue honestly thinks she's going to die young just like her mother since everything else has been coming to formation about the two of them. And so she's actually really scared that she's more like her mother each day. Mm-hmm. But Piper also is experiencing the same thing as well. And so do you think this is like fate or, you know, designed or is this free will? Do we even have free will at this point now, especially when it comes to the sisters? Um, I do believe in fate, so mm-hmm. I think it's a fate thing. Okay. All right. Would you have asked Phoebe to view her mom's death like that? That's a hard thing to ask. It someone. really is. Mm-hmm. I was really, I mean, I get it. They needed to figure out her plan. Um, would you have been mad if Phoebe said no? No, I would have understood. Yeah? Especially, um, I don't know, I feel like out of the three, it would be easiest for Phoebe because she's never really gotten to know her mother. The other two did. Mm-hmm. But still, that's, yeah, that's a hard one. That is really hard. And um, I think Prue did her best as explaining how unfair it was you know i'm not just saying oh you got to do it you're you know do your job she was like it's unfair i'm not strong enough to look at it you are praise to you Mm -hmm. yeah so the sisters try their mother's plan again but this time prue with telekinesis rather than piper or patty with the power to freeze will confront the demon instead prue takes the cables while sam stands ready at the switch The water churns behind Prue, and Piper tries to warn her. Leo runs after Piper, and history repeats itself as Piper turns and freezes him. Did you pick up on that? Mm -mm. Didn't pick up? Yeah. Just like Sam got froze, she froze Leo. So obviously, she is going to be distracted with him on the job. She's always going to, not always, but she is going to make a point to save him before doing her own duties. Okay. Yeah. Sam confronts the demon, bearing it from taking Prue, and the demon enters into Sam. Sam regains control, shenanigans, of himself and grabs the cables. I don't, he's fully human, I'm sorry, like, he should be drowning in his own water and liquids in his lungs, like, that was kind of bullshit. But, uh, Prue remotely flips the switch with her powers and electrocuting the demon, but more, more, mortally wounding Sam. Leo unfreezes, and the sisters urge him to heal Sam. Apparently, it's Sam's time to go, which is why he can't um, be healed. Sam doesn't mind this, as he says he'll be able to see Patty again. Uh, do you find that death might be easier to approach if you know you can literally see loved ones again? Or if you know you're going to heaven, I don't know. Um, these sisters are aware that death is obviously not the end of the road. You can see them. You can hear them again. They're always watching you, grams and all that stuff. Does that make death any easier? Oh, yeah. It would make it easier to know that you're going to be back with your loved ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Patty's ghost then appears as Sam dies. Um, Sam is the only one who can see Patty at this point, and his ghost self then appears to her side as they caress and go off to the other side. Um, so during this fight, I expected Mysterio to come out. So <laughs> I just wanted Jake to come out and just say, you're not ready for this. You're going to want to stay out of this. Yeah, you're going to want to stay out of this. Oh, fighting that water demon. Oh. I cannot wait. Wait for Mysterio. Oh, I just want to learn more about a new person. This is a new person that I don't know. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in the trailer to the Spider-Man movie, he fights a water demon. So it just reminded me of this the whole time. (laughs) Prue confronts Jack in her office wearing her little skimpy top. Mm, (laughs) It was a cute top. It was cute. I liked her. She looked really good. It's just not appropriate work. He has listed her as the sales agent to her surprise, and she offers him dinner. 
Phoebe adds the letters to a photo album, Leo orbs in and pulls Piper aside. Both are conflicted. Leo isn't leaving but feels he can't be the sister's white lighter because he can't stop loving Piper. Leo orbs away and then Dan knocks at the back door, bearing breakfast. So, um, Prue obviously has a little bit of trust issues. It's apparent to her and especially given from her old boss in the very first episode of taking a project away from her. She has a problem trusting men and people that she works with. I think her suspicions are completely valid and it's not like Jack has to prove anything, but at the same time, it's good that Jack is going through the motions of doing so. And that's the cup. That's the type of person Peru is, and I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Leo leaving, just saying, I've realized this now. I got to, like, move on because this is hard. Can't do it anymore. What do you think about this? Is he giving up? Is he quitting? Like, I wouldn't say he's quitting. I think it's the best option right now because him being around trying to still be part of her life is only making her angry. Mm-hmm. So I think if they're meant to be, which they are because I already asked, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes there needs to just be that space to miss someone and learn that you do want them. What do you think about this particular love story? Not necessarily a comparison as to what's better, but when we see a love story like Buffy and Angel... What do you think about Piper and Leo? Like, do you think it's it's enticing enough? It's entertaining? Is it deep? Is it real? Like, or is it just like fodder to just like TV drama? Do you feel? Because I'm sure you really enjoy Buffy and Angel's relationship, right? Oh, second season? Yeah. Oh, Fuck yeah, second <laughs> season. That's why it's my favorite. I swear that love story was intense. Mm-hmm. But what do you think about this one? I mean, for the tone of the show, I think it fits but do you like sort of this turmoil do you think it's well written type of love story and Mm. it's like or is it kind of like eh i'd say it's okay because like when you compare it to like you said buffy and angel the fact that they couldn't be together in the end it made it so much more epic okay but i think what kind of takes away from leo and piper is the future episode they already showed us that they're unhappy together so I don't know. I need. I guess that kind of soured it for me. Okay. Like I'm rooting for them to be together, but just for that. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I understand. Uh, just one little tidbit that I noticed is as Dan was bearing breakfast, you know, Piper needed a little bit of persuasion to have breakfast with him as she still wasn't feeling well, and obviously thinking about Leo. But all it took was that one little bite of that Fruit Loop and that smile of his. To reel her in. God, that was so fucking sexy. I love that when he did that. That was some soap opera moves right there. That is what you do on soap operas. And he pulled it off (laughs) so nicely. I just love that move he did. He just took one crunch. It's like, come on, try it. Give it a shot. I think what second season right now, we're only eight episodes in, of course, Mm -hmm. is missing is... It's not giving us those moments with both Leo and with Dan that's making you like, I want her with him for this reason. I I, I see that. I see that. Um, give them reasons to fight and and, you know, make it make the goal, the end goal that more triumphant, I guess. Right. Like Leo's been this kind of moody workaholic so far. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had like that moment where they're together and he's like, wow, I really miss you, you know? I'm doing the evil hands. <sighs> Sean, just wait. <laughs> um, okay, so that is the end of our uh, episode recap of of episode eight, uh, P3H2O. Sean, what did you think of the episode today? I liked it. Okay. So the reason I liked it is we got more about the mom finally. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you've been thinking about that. Not a lot, but like when this started and it showed her, I was like, it's about time I got something more about okay, her. Fair enough. Well, I'm I'm glad the timing worked out then. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the water demon was scary. I liked it. Yeah. Um. And like you said, it really gave us that Friday the Thirteenth feel, mm-hmm. which I thought was a nice touch. Okay. Very good. Is this a can't wait for it or watch it late? Uh this is a worth the wait. It is worth the wait. You didn't think so? 
No, no, no. I was, I'm surprised. I, I didn't know this was worth the wait. It seemed a little more sappy, uh, you know, a little more lovey-dovey than I would expect for you to be a fan of. So, I'm. hey, that's great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You know, it's funny because I constantly surprise Chris because when we listen to, we listen to a lot of same music. And he likes more of the slow, darker stuff more than I do. So mm-hmm. whenever there's a slow song I like, he's like, what? So I'm glad <laughs> I can give you that surprise moment, yeah. Rob. <laughs> no, that's cool. I'm glad you were a fan. Uh, so a little bit of notes uh, regarding the episode. Uh, yeah, uh, this was the first time Piper and Leo have orbed together. Mm. So obviously that was a little bit of a head spin to her. Uh, Prue and Piper went to Camp Skylark the summer their mom died. Making Prue seven years old, Piper was four, and Phoebe was two. Okay. Uh, being too young to go. Mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing she was with Grams at the time. Uh, Prue channels her powers through her eyes again in this episode, but she doesn't squint. She just channels them. It's just easier for her. Um, she does this when she's switching the power off. Um, interestingly, yeah, like I said, she doesn't need to squint or focus her eyes to do it. She just does it on instinct. Uh, the title of the episode is a combination of P3 and H2O, the chemical formula for water, but it's also a reference to the movie Halloween 20 years later. Boom. So yeah, it was a reference to that. And the songs used today, I Love You by Sarah McLaughlin. And Angels Would Fall by Melissa Etheridge. I didn't notice McLaughlin. Yeah. I, that might have been at the end, okay. maybe, I think. But I did call out Etheridge. I you got did. that one. You did figure that one out. Very good. All right. Um, yeah, so I I think this episode's okay. I, I think it was nice to be able to uh, meet Sam and more about the mom and just see that she had a life other than her kids. And even though she kind of was on this off on again with Victor, the baby daddy, she, you know, still had a life out there. But no one, you know, well, I mean, Leo knew about him, but the sisters didn't. Who knows if Grams did? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I thought it was an okay episode for sure. Okay. I I like when they talk about the mom. I love the mom. Was it worth the wait for you? Um, compared to, uh, what's coming up next. (laughs) Oh, oh God. The next episode is so good. You know, I don't want to do the podcast anymore. (laughs) The next episode, number nine is Miss Hellfire. Huh? I don't even know where to go with that one. This is a very important episode to the series. And uh, this one definitely pushes that forward. I mean, pushes the story forward. And uh, this is just such a good one. I love it. Any ideas what this would be about? There's a beauty pageant for demons. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it looks like Charmage will have to wait and see (laughs) if (laughs) Sean's prediction is correct. (laughs) But um, while you wait... We got a hot man meter to do. It's raining man. So it looks like we only have one contestant today. Do we? Yeah. Who else do you notice? Well, not even one to be one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that kind. Okay. Well, we have to look. For, for the Charmies listening, they may want to put them on there, so I have to announce them just to be transparent. Today we have uh, Sam, the old school Y-Lighter. Sam Wilder, played by Scott Jake. You know, I think Patty dodged a bullet by dying young. You need to stop. <laughs> that is so horrible. <laughs> so you're not feeling, not feeling Sam, Sam Wilder. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sam Wilder is not making my top ten. Right now I have a solid list, and he just is not cuter than any of them that I've got. So no to Sam. Sorry, Sam. Well, that was easy. <laughs> I, Sorry, Hot Man Meter is not that exciting. Um, does Jack or Dan move fluctuate in your episode? I mean, in your top ten at all? Are they going to stay the same? Mm-hmm. Well, Rob, apparently I'm attracted to assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Jack has won me over in this episode. Oh, my God. Is he actually making your list? Yep. Oh my, okay, so Charmy's, granted Jack is a recurring character, but if you remember the first appearance, Sean did not add him to the list. 
So that means he's grown on him through personality. Wow. Yeah, I like the way he's he's playing Prue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. So where does Jack go on your top 10 list? He is going to join a clump of other series regulars. He's going to go right above Daryl Morris, played by Dorian Gregory. Wow. Okay. All the way up. So he's right under Dan, right above Daryl. I would ship that. (laughs) And I think, what does that put him at? Number six? Yes. He is number six on your list. That means Malcolm from the Painted World is gone. Bye, Malky. Bye, Malky. I've always thought Lachlan... Monroe is attractive. He I is. just didn't really like his character at first. Hey, fair enough. And and that's the beauty of learning more about someone. And Dan, as annoying as he can be, he is still number one on my list. So I love that man because he was showing some chest hair again <laughs> with a one button off. Get it. Get it. Uh, my list stays the same. Uh, everybody is going to stick. I still have Jack Sheridan at number eight on so- my list. At the point that he put the Fruit Loop in his mouth, were you envious of that Fruit Loop? <laughs> I was so envious of the Fruit Loop. <laughs> oh, he is so damn sexy. Okay, so that is the end of our Hot Man Meter. Let's close this episode up. Charmies, thank you so much for listening to our latest episode. And come back to us next Sunday during brunch. Hopefully you had a good morning, commute wherever you may be at this time. And remember, go to our Twitter and vote. Pick out the merchandise you want to see us start populating into the world. And again, rate and review our show on iTunes or any podcast app that you are using. We appreciate you. Sean, say goodbye to the folks. Goodbye, Charmies. Thank you for listening.